0: Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash, Rico Lever. Welcome to a hastily thrown together and somewhat chaotic version of Wrong and Wronger. You have stumbled upon the podcast where every episode is hastily thrown together and somewhat chaotic. But I am Dr. Steve. Steve, the world traveler once again, Olivas, and he is James just sitting back watching the world burn, break well. And James, we're recording this on Sunday night. How is your weekend going?
1: Well, it was 100% Steve free, which was pretty great. And then <laughs> you could not—you couldn't pencil me in for even a,
0: a second I next gotta, week. Hold and on, I, I got a bee attacking me. God dang it! <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We, it's right there, right freaking there. I got nothing to. Oh, it knows it's got me, James. Is well.
1: this—is
0: this like a little harmless sweat bee? Uh, this is a little bigger. This is a yellow jacket. And I think it likes ah, my yellow shirt. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. Okay. Ah, Away, vast ye demon. I just, I literally punched it in the nose on that backhand swipe. And it's, now it's pissed. All right. Hey, uh, Steve Free Weekend. I had a yellow jacket free weekend until about 30 seconds ago. And I blame you, Breakwell. We, we usually don't get our
1: disasters live on air. I've, I've never had you get attacked by a bee before. This is, this is new territory for me. I'm not quite sure how to proceed. I feel like I should pause and give the <laughs> bee
0: a chance to give its side of the story. All right. I think, I think I'm clear. See, here's the way my life lines up, James. Okay. So you wanted to record in the morning this coming week, and I couldn't. For reasons that are anomalous to the week that I could go into, but I don't want to bore everybody. (laughs) So then you suggested tonight, and I thought, ooh, beautiful sunset tonight. I'm coming out of literally 103 degrees with a dew point of 79, and now the rains uh, are holding off. It's blue sky. It's 75 degrees at my house. It'll be beautiful to sit out on the picnic table And uh, just record an episode with the deers eating in the background because I just fed them. But as we got closer to the house, we realized there was a torrential downpour and the picnic table is soaked. (laughs) So then I thought, well, I can't really record in the cabin because Mrs. Steve is flittering about, getting everything put away from our trip, and flittering as well as somebody with one leg can. So then I thought, well, let me go out on the side-by-side because I... Because I've. <laughs> what eh, was that? Eh, 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 eh. Because I've. Okay, do you, do, I'm going to Do get, you even need me I'm,
1: here, or do you you and the bee just want to run a podcast today?
0: I, you know what? I'm going to go get a can of Wasp Killer. I'll be right back. You entertain. <laughs> eh, oh my God. You entertain the a I, second.
1: I think you can still hear Steve. I think he takes his primary recording device with him as he runs, so I hope you will hear his cries of anguish as he goes. Uh, This is dramatic. Usually if one of us has to leave in the middle of a podcast, it's me. It's almost always me because I have a house full of people and animals. And Steve lives on this pristine sanctuary that's just him and his wife and the many, many demons who haunt the property. And apparently one of those has come back today in the form of a bee. And I am delighted. Now I cannot see him while this is being recorded, but afterwards, I can go and watch what is happening. And I am delighted at this possibility. I'm I'm currently playing it through in my head for what this must look like, and uh, so, it just oh, hold on. Oh Okay, I, are are you back? Are you here? Are you ready to describe to us in vivid detail for those who don't watch the video
0: exactly what just happened? I keep knocking my earbuds out. God dang it! So. As my luck would have it, usually we keep cans of Wasp Killer next to the front door. There are none tonight, so I have Cutter, which is supposed to keep mosquitoes and ticks off of you. Ah, I'm going to spray a Yellow Jacket with it. I don't know where we were. I'm in the side-by-side. I thought I've never been out here before. It'll be a treat for our viewers, and I'm wrong, James. It just spells my doom. What is a side-by-side? Uh, It's like a... Uh, do you know what a gator is?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, it's a gator. It's why do you a call different this? nomenclature.
1: Why, why do you guys have weird names for things down there? Why don't you just speak English like the rest of the country?
0: Well, gator is uh, a brand name, so it's a... It's like a mod, a glorified golf cart with a pickup truck bed in the back. And actually, as people can see, I'm not sure how closely you'll crop my face, but uh, our four, our uh, sorry, our razor is behind us. So this is like a rather pedestrian golf cart, and then the razor back there has got a four-wheel drive beast mode mentality. It's got the big knobby tires and it can go in mud. <laughs> die. Okay, I'm spraying now with reckless abandoned brake whale. This is entertaining to you, by the way.
1: Why don't you just kill it? Just smash it with your hands. I know we're gonna I, we're gonna be canceled for that, but just kill it, man.
0: You're already doing I chemical warfare. To kill, no, the bastard's gonna sting me in the palm if I do that. That's what they do. And, then it'll be over. You get one of those little. We got a,
1: a like ten dollars on Amazon. They're these little suction things. You can suck out mosquito venom. You can suck out bee stings. It sounds like you should buy about ten of those and keep them on your person at all time. Maybe maybe it'll help with rattlesnake venom too. I don't know. But I just feel like it's like it's like when my uh, my kids have a meltdown because I see a spider or a house centipede. You know. Or actually, the other day, the other day, my sister messaged our family thread and uh, there was a spider in the dog bowl and she was freaking out for what to do with the (laughs) spider in the dog bowl. And then I, in my infinite calm wisdom, said, why don't you just throw the water out the door? Which she did. And then as soon as she picked up the water bowl, she realized the spider was quite dead because spiders don't live underwater. And if you have one underwater, (laughs) it's because it died at sea.
0: It's one of them Indianapolis recluse spiders. It's a special breed that has gills and lungs. Hook lungs, actually. Spiders don't have regular lungs.
1: Man, so you uh you are out here is it just are you sure it's the same bee or are there multiple
0: bees are they summoning reinforcements? You know what's funny, as we talk about this, have you been I, have we talked about you getting stung this year or am I not remembering that correctly? I have not been stung by anything in many, many years.
1: I have been stung by a scalpel many times, but not by, not by the stinger of an animal. So you are confusing me with either someone else in your life or someone who doesn't exist. I mean, with you, it could be either one.
0: <laughs> well, the problem is many people that I know, and I see a lot of people just through what I do for a living, have been stung because... There have been a lot of stories of massive numbers of hornets and yellow jackets and wasps. And uh, even, in fact, one of the artists I'm working with, we had to postpone editing his manuscript because he was mowing, ran over a yellow jacket nest, and he got stung enough times that he went to the emergency room. <laughs> like, they are nature is exacting its vengeance on humanity this summer, James.
1: Maybe just in Tennessee. Up here in Indiana, we're doing just fine. Normal number of bee stings, normal number of bees in general, nobody mowing over anything. We are just living our best lives up here, happy that we are not, in fact, down there.
0: (laughs) Well, happy indeed. (sighs) I missed your whole explanation of your weekend, and I'm sure you've had many reckless adventures to report on, but I'm just happy to be sitting here alive before you today, James. You've made
1: like 19 references to a trip of some kind, and I followed up on none of them. And I feel like this is the point (laughs) in the podcast where I have to ask the question you've
0: been begging me to ask the whole time. Where did you just come back from? We came back from Baton Rouge because uh, we dropped Boy and his car off at his dorm. And, uh, man... What a comedy. Well, not a comedy. It's more like a symphony. It's like a ballet, the way that major universities do, uh, I don't even know what to call it, move-in? Like, uh, we had, I'll get to the trip in a second and the reason that you're referencing it because of what I put online. But I'll tell you what. So there are about 42,000 students at LSU. And I'm guessing probably 20-ish live on campus. 8,500 of them are incoming freshmen. So the freshmen don't occupy every dorm on the place. So because there are so many freshmen concentrated in so few parts, they have to organize this in uh, what is just an amazing concert of how to do this. So we had 5 p.m. Saturday as our time. So we had to show up at the staging area, which was about a mile away in a giant (laughs) farmer's field. About 4.15, we lined up. And uh, there was a line of cars, I swear, James, it had to have been, like, the field was full, and the cars were snaked. Like, like if you've ever gone to Disney World or Great America, Six Flags, Mm -hmm. like, you know how the cattle gates are to move Mm -hmm. people toward the, so that's how the cars were lined up, and the highway was backed up for over a mile with more cars, just for the 5 p.m. slot so at about 4 45 they moved everybody up to the starting line which means that single file lane of cars broke into eight different lanes and you just kind of went wherever you felt like going they needed to spread it out a little and then 10 by 10 lane one went lane two went lane three went lane four and then another 10 when they got through the eight and what you had to do was find the the place for your dorm and then line up in a tertiary spot so the first one is the cattle call second one looks like a toll booth in chicago third one is you line up at your particular dorm And then the people at the front of the line, because there's a group of these cars two miles long that goes every hour, they have to get walkie-talkied from the people on the ground at the (laughs) dorm to figure out when have the cars at the dorm moved up and out well enough to accommodate more cars. So we actually sat at our dorm, my son was complaining about it, probably till 5.15 or 5.20. And then we got the green flag. And uh, I i don't know how many cars they let go through because we were second in line. And so we were following the leader for our trek like through Baton Rouge to get to LSU. <laughs> and uh, we got there. We got to our dorm. And then you have 15 minutes. I'm going to swear because it's just it's perfect for this scenario. You have to get your shit out of the car, onto the sidewalk, and then get your car the heck out of the way. Because there's other cars coming up behind you, and somebody has to guard your stuff when it's <laughs> sitting on the sidewalk. <laughs> because, And it's a good thing we had three people, because Mrs. Steve was hobbled anyway. She has the broken ankle, so she kind of sat century over our stuff. My son went and checked in where they got this giant laundry bin. I went and parked the car and then had to walk back from wherever the nearest parking spot was. And then we had to put as much of his stuff into that laundry cart as possible. And then, while one person still guarded the rest of his stuff, wheel the laundry cart to his dorm, which... uh, The side that he is on was the furthest from where we unloaded on the sidewalk, and there's no elevator to get to the third floor. So we had to schlep up the steps, down the steps, up the steps, down the steps, up the steps, and then bring the laundry cart back and fill it with the rest of his stuff, and then the same thing. And of course, as we're getting all of his stuff assembled in his room, he's making a running list of things that he needs and doesn't have yet. But everything was in his room. And then Mrs. Steve went to work. She wanted to make up his bed and put all his stuff together. She was being mama hen. But uh, I, the point I wanted to make was how fantastically organized this was. And even though it felt pressured because the lines got to keep rolling. And people unloaded from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday and today, Sunday, And I think they actually started Friday. So there were just a ton of people going through this. And other than people complaining about the heat, because it really was 103 with a 79 dew point, other than that, it went so smoothly, it was remarkable. But that's where we were all weekend. to get there was another issue entirely. And I think that's what you're talking about.
1: Steve, I've got two words for you. Two words that could have saved you a weekend of trauma you want to yeah. take a guess at what they are uh no kids what yeah okay that that Birth cuts control? it back that, that <laughs> cuts it back a step beyond what i was thinking i was gonna go with online school you <laughs> moved you you drove all this way went through this cow car hauled all this stuff for something that he could have done from home from his laptop but uh, that that's neither here nor there he wants the college experience i get it I went to a college with less than a thousand people. Uh, The move in experience was much less traumatic. There was nobody there with a bullhorn, but this was a thousand years ago and my college was not very good and it closed, which is why, you know, LSU has 40,000 kids and mine has zero now. Uh, I will, I would like to bring up a point of order. Uh, Your kid cannot possibly be in college because when we started this, he was like 10 and uh, this is upsetting to me on every possible level.
0: I know. Your kid, Waffle, I believe, had just been born when we started doing this oh. podcast. She wasn't even Waffle yet. Oh, no, she was. You did uh, your uh, bracket tournament, I think, before she was even born, right?
1: You are the—yeah, I did. I did do that before. You were the keeper of our history. What year was our first episode? It was It wasn't 2016, was it?
0: It was. You're right. It was.
1: It was. It was.
0: So that, We are almost to number 300 of this show and 200 of the other show.
1: So she was, she was born in 2015. But that means we've been around for six-ish years, depending on what month we started. So your kid, your kid legit seven, probably seven, was... Seven, seven,
0: seven, seven years. Seven, okay,
1: because I guess she's about to turn eight. So your kid, I, I, I facetiously said 10, but your kid was legitimately 11 years old when we started this.
0: <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. Wow. No, it ain't right. The fact we, that you just said Waffle's about to turn eight, is, it makes me sick to my stomach, James, to think it, that they, you're that deluded uh, to think your one-year-old is almost eight. That's not right.
1: My, I have another one-year-old who's 13, and that's very upsetting, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just a high schooler next year i believe right
1: yeah i i am i'm in mean, just uh, man i just we i got kids getting older you got kids getting older you're going through cattle calls you're getting attacked by bees man what is going on with life what what is this even
0: <laughs> no it's i don't know i don't know and you know the funny thing is i'm having the best time i've ever had in my current life so i don't know what it is james maybe i'm a glutton for punishment
1: I I find that wild because every week we come on here and it's nothing but 25 minutes of misery. It's basically a Steve (laughs) monologue of everything wrong in your life. Like, Where is the joy? Is the joy just all off camera? You just squeeze out the misery for me and leave the good
0: parts where no one can see them? I just posted a video of shooting my crossbow for the first time. That was a heck of a lot of fun. I mean, that is going to be how you die,
1: so I guess we'll get a good story out of that one way or another. <laughs> that one, it I would, would never—go ahead.
0: It would be hard to die by crossbow. Uh, after shooting it, I now understand the mechanics a lot better.
1: Okay, so you, you mean a, a legit crossbow and not a compound
0: bow, Right. Now, I've got, I've got one of each. I've got a recurve, a compound, and a crossbow.
1: I've got a compound bow, and I'm, I'm probably going to end up selling it because I'm never going to practice enough to hunt. But I do have it in the basement. And the reason I like that is, like, there's no way a kid can stumble on that and kill themselves because right. they would have to, like, draw it back. And in the action of drawing it back, you could never hit yourself, I guess, unless you had, like, unless you shot a wall and had the craziest ricochet ever. But a crossbow, <laughs> you pull it back and lock it, and then you just fire with a trigger, right? Like, you could totally shoot yourself
0: with that. Yeah, well, yeah, except there is no way a child could cock a crossbow. Ah,
1: unless you have very buff children, I guess. I I don't have that problem (laughs) in my house. Maybe they
0: exist. (laughs) There's no way of... uh, you, You need a special device to cock a crossbow. Like, you can't do it with your hands either. Like, a grown man can't do it. It's that hard.
1: You know, man, I am for all the all the things going wrong right now for you I am I am jealous of your son man college is some good times and I could if I could go back even at my at my very bad college that closed like if I look back <laughs> at those years it was just 4 years of nothing that mattered like I met I met my yes. wife in like week 2 that was an important <laughs> event And, uh, I'm trying to think. And after that, literally nothing else mattered. Not a single thing I learned. Nothing had anything to do with anything. And I took it so seriously. And for nothing, I didn't even drink until, until my senior year. And like, for what I, I missed out on three years of partying and I I still had a lot of fun, even not (laughs) drinking, but yeah, just no consequences. It's just, it's like, it's teenage daycare is what it is. Just go here and hang out and try not to die. And maybe this is different. If, uh, if you, uh, go into a field that matters where you have to learn things but I think even you I believe you got kicked out of a college and then you went somewhere else and got a PhD or something or I mean like you kept going those first four years just just don't matter for anything and we pay so much (laughs) for that for that privilege of adult daycare Imagine! Imagine if instead—Imagine how much money we could save if it was just customary. Your kid turns 18. It's like, all right, here's the deal: I'm going to get you a crappy apartment. I'm going to buy you food and <laughs> beer for four years. At the end of that, you go into the workforce. Deal? How much would you save?
0: It's—it uh, is a fantastic voyage, that is for sure, and <laughs> a meaningless voyage. Now that you put it that way, there is some truth to that. I don't know how much of my undergrad information. I don't know, I can still spew out facts. I think you and I are kind of built the same as we have pretty good memories for trivial things. And so I'm sure there's a lot that is sort of locked in the vault that comes out at inopportune times. But as far as practical, useful life skills, other than learning how to operate with a blood alcohol content north of 0.03, I don't know what I learned.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean I, I have a day job I don't talk about on here much but it has nothing to do with anything I ever did and in college yeah. I majored in English and history. History was pointless from the get-go. I mean most of it ended up being like it was the same class over and over with with different names. It was basically the history of medieval England and like yeah. Renaissance Europe and so that that surprisingly does not come up a lot and then I was an English <laughs> major so okay I've, ri- I've written a lot of books. I got my subset going like it's a legit second job. I go in there there's income, there's an audience. I didn't learn any of that at school. Twitter wasn't a thing back then, Substack wasn't a thing. Uh, nobody there was teaching me how to read books. or write book, read books. I was supposed to know that beforehand. And like anything, like that you know, de- developing my comedic voice and stuff, that was all kind of stuff I just seized on and did myself. I became co ed uh, head editor of the paper, and I just wrote what I wanted. But like nobody there was teaching me. It was just me trial and error on my own. And I totally could have done that on the internet. Which I did after I left college. I went and blogged for another 10 years with nobody reading it. But had I skipped that period of my life, I mean, I probably, other than just like getting a certificate of like, okay, here's your license to go get a different kind of job. In terms of (laughs) actual knowledge, if I had never learned a single thing that I learned in college, I could be exactly where I am right now, which is, which is a super depressing thought on every level, like from both directions.
0: (laughs) Uh, Uh, probably me too, because you can go into graduate school. I can't think of any graduate school that requires your undergrad be a parallel to the grad school program. Like, I think you can get an undergrad degree in, in almost anything and still get into almost any grad school, including probably medical school and law school. I know in particular, law school doesn't require that you get a political science or a history degree. Like, you can get anything. And if you do well on the LSAT, you can get into law school somewhere. So, yeah, no, that's, uh, it's a depressing thought, James. So the good news
1: here is we have preemptively protected ourselves and our family by making them so disillusioned with this podcast that they never listen to this. (laughs) This, this life altering message will never reach your son. He'll have no idea that here at the start, at the very starting line of college, we have dropped this utter truth that he could blow off the next four years. I mean, probably don't flunk out. Don't get expelled. But if he just barely passes you and Mrs. Steve would legit just keep paying for it and his life will end off. No, No worse, and in fact, probably much better because he will have so much fun. He could – this is life-changing information that he will not get, although there's a chance (sighs) he's going to blow off college anyway, in which case kudos to him for figuring out what I did not know at that age.
0: James, the drinking age is 21 now. Obviously, he can't party while he's at LSU.
1: <laughs> he, will, he will have three straight years of intellectual sober study. He will lock himself in his room. He will swear off friends and girls, and he will sit there and hit the books for what's the major? What's the major, Steve?
0: Uh, right now, it's mass communications oh! with an emphasis in something. Is he, is he an athlete? Is he, a, is he a D1 athlete, or what's he doing? I told him you will have half the football, basketball, and baseball team in that cl- in your classes yes. with you because they're all mass com majors.
1: Well, maybe he's smarter no, than think, them, so he gets he gets the blow I off major. Why he's- no, no, I don't know. I, I I'm in the dark. I I was shocked today to discover your son was in college. This hit me like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> all new information for me.
0: I'll give you 30 seconds on this. It's actually a brilliant move on his part. He wants to be uh, an econ major, but he figured out if you're from the state of Tennessee going to LSU, there are five majors that they will, if you sign up to be a major in this area, they will give you in-state tuition, and MassCom is one of them. So his oh. thought is, okay, I'll be a mass com major for two years and take a few business <laughs> classes, and then I'll go hardcore into econ my junior and senior year. And I thought, that just saved him sixteen grand a year, and I'm proud of him for it. There's that economics degree already coming in handy.
1: So he does plan to finish the Mass Comm degree. Is he going to knock most of it out in those first two years, or is he
0: going to bail on it and hope they just keep No, paying? he's going to bail on it. Are you kidding? Are, Who gets are they a Mass gonna, Comm degree? Do the athletes they gonna, ever use their Mass Comm degree? Of course no. not. Are they going to jack up his tuition when he switches?
1: Yeah oh man that's that's a that's a poison pill they're hiding there you ever tell we're almost out of time I, I didn't tell you about my favorite poison pill uh, I had a you know i, I I think I brought this up many times before because I only have so many stories but at, towards the end of my Catholic school tenure uh, in high school they were pushing hard for me to be a priest and uh, the religion teacher <laughs> came did? to me yeah. yeah and she was like you could get you know I, I had I had grades good enough to get to Notre Dame but I didn't have the money or the inclination to go there because it yeah. is a super expensive place it doesn't give you scholarships because everybody there is brilliant and I am a slacker at heart but anyway she's <laughs> like there's this program that will pay for you a full ride to Notre Dame you have to go into the seminary program though. You don't have to actually become a priest. You have to go and live in like the priest's house and you have to discern what? really hard about whether or not God is calling you to be a priest. And you can just and you have to meet periodically with the advisor to see if you've made up your mind or not. But as long as you haven't made up your mind, they'll keep paying. It's like, so I could go Whoa. and I could just, I could just be like, well, I'm still not sure, still not sure, still not sure. Last day of college, I figured <laughs> it out. No. And just just zoom out of there. Because once you drop out, you've got to start paying the tuition, which there's no way in the world I could afford. And uh, you know what? I I thought about it I'm not (laughs) just totally I I pondered this I was like could I do this could I sit there and lie to the face of a priest for four straight years that yes I'm seriously considering and I finally decided I couldn't and you know why I couldn't it had nothing to do with lying to a priest I could do that all day I couldn't do it because I was going to go out there to this campus full of beautiful women my age and I was going to have to tell them I was in the priesthood program and I don't have any I don't have any game to begin with Steve that was going to just any chance I had of landing a girlfriend was going to be dead on arrival. I was like, I wow. just can't do it. It was like, like triple insured celibacy. I was like, nope, I can't do it. And instead, I went to a much, much, much worse Catholic <laughs> college and found my future wife in week two. So apparently, I made the right call.
0: Wow. Wow. It's yeah. uh, My takeaway from that little spiel is that you could have just, and slept like a baby at night, lied to a priest oh, yeah. to his face <laughs> for four straight years
1: for like I mean we're talking it would have saved me like $50,000 to just lie I mean not like every day just like a weekly basis and also I think you had to be back at like 6 o'clock to like say say a p- group prayer or something then you could do whatever I, I mean honestly I just I could I you know and I, I worried I worried it's, you know at some point I liked to vent like would the facade crack yeah probably at some point but the lying part the lying to a priest man I could have I could have locked it down and uh, it's also a good thing my parents don't listen to this podcast so we're good please get us out of here
0: <laughs> I, maybe it would have been super hot for some girls to turn a priest. Like, yeah, would have been sneaking them in and out of the rectory. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was that was the wild card there. I wasn't sure, but I, I just it felt <laughs> like I felt like the odds are, if you were Catholic enough to go to Notre Dame, that was probably a deal breaker. But I guess I guess we'll never know.
0: <laughs> All right, well we got here another rip-snorting. Uh, this was a good episode, yeah, despite the fact. <laughs> I almost went into anaphylactic shock earlier because of a bee sting. But uh, outside of that, you have been paying attention to a show that your parents would probably be ashamed of you paying attention <laughs> to, just like James's poor mother right now who's watching aghast. But until we meet again and regale you with stories that will make you lose even more respect for us, this is Steve Williams, Dr. Steve for James, the I of to Priest, Breakwell, <laughs> saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, as always, to... Two wrongs, pay attention to this Jake, two wrongs (laughs) can make a right.